podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise. For your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. The boys are back, and sadly, it is a second straight week having to talk about a loss to team from Oklahoma. But before I get into it, remember, we are going live every Wednesday on Spotify Green Room. It's not just us. There are hundreds, maybe thousands of rooms going weekly, and it's elite podcasts like the Men and Blazers for all you soccer fans out there. Uh, Matthew Barry has done live shows to talk fantasy football. There's so much going on over at Spotify Green Room. I couldn't imagine trying to go to any other space. It's so much fun. And like I said, we're going live every Wednesday. And hey, I, I peeked in on the live basketball practice. I'm getting pumped for basketball as well. And we will be doing live shows for every midweek game or weekday game to do instant reactions, so you know that's going to be lit all basketball season long. So, before we get into the game review, remember, check out Spotify Green Room. All right, uh, no Grant this week, um, just me. Um, yeah, and I tell you what, I was at the game and mm, really wish we could have got that one. We'll, we'll just dive right into it. Um, 31-37 Sooners. I obviously didn't pick us to win, um, but that one felt like it was there for the taking. It really did. Um, it also really makes me think that uh, there, there's no team in the Big 12 we can't beat, um, especially now with Skyler, and we'll touch on Skyler probably three, four, five times during this show. Uh, but with him back, if he can stay healthy, I don't think any game is out of reach. And, again, I, I would imagine that Iowa State's probably going to be favored here in a couple weeks. But if you win that game and you look good doing it, I mean, I think you're going to be the favorites down in Lubbock. Uh, we seem to have TCU's number. You're probably the favorites versus TCU in a couple weeks. All of a sudden, it's like the, the schedule seems to turn around if you can find a way to beat Iowa State. Um, but, again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that during Iowa State week. Um, the crowd was good. I, I was very pleased with the crowd. The students did a good job. Uh, they filled up their section. They were loud for the most part. They came back in the second half. Um, they did a, a plenty of fuck OU chants, so that was funny to see. Um, so no no complaints with the crowd. It was a good atmosphere. It's an all-time great atmosphere. Probably not. But, but it's a really good one, one of the better ones in the climbing era. So I was very happy to see that. Um, not sure if I'll get into this. I mean, I'll probably maybe touch on... I'll probably touch on it again later, but, you know, when you needed breaks to go your way, they just didn't seem to. You had two reviews, and I'm not I, I, I'm not going to say they were the wrong calls. Um, the onside kick one definitely was the correct call. Not quite as convinced on the Landry Weber fourth down play. 
Um, but just having both of those go against you is uh, is really tough, especially since I everything I've read, I know the Big 12 tried to put out a statement that says otherwise, but everything I have seen, it was the incorrect call to let Lincoln Riley challenge the play after it was already determined. That should not have happened. Uh, so that's a bad break. You have like a 50-50 call, go your way on the field, get overturned on that fourth down. So that that sucks. And I think that playing a team like Oklahoma, you're going to need, if you're going to win, you're going to need some of those breaks to go your way. So when two opportunities came up and you didn't get either one of them, it was always going to be tough to come back from that. Um, I'm not as going nearly as far. I'm not going to go Iowa State fan. I'm not even going to go, you know, old people in my section saying, get rid of review, all this type of stuff. Uh, it just sucks. I mean, Again, you know, a, a different refereeing crew probably calls that a catch. Um, and, and honestly, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been upset if they would have caught the double kick or the that it touches foot the twice the first time. What bugged me is that you had such an inept video review crew that you don't catch that the first time, and then uh, they don't understand the rules well enough, and then they go back and check it again. That's frustrating. Again, they got they got that call right, um, so that's fine. And, and honestly, for the most part, I, I think the referees did a fine job. I don't, I don't think that there's anything too egregious. My my biggest beef is that Landry catch. Both those plays would have completely changed the momentum of the game. Maybe things go differently, but we did enough things wrong. I mean, the defense couldn't stop anyone. You have a turnover first possession in the game, and you're chasing that rest of the game. It doesn't come down to that, but it, but it was frustrating that you couldn't get one of those breaks. So, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about Skyler again, but you know, three hundred over three hundred yards passing, he wasn't mobile at all. They told him he couldn't run. He was still able to do that. I think it just shows that anyone who tries to minimize what Skyler Thompson means to this team or minimize his ability as a quarterback just has an agenda. Um. On this show, myself, Grant, some folks we brought on, probably overinflate. We probably overcompensate for Skyler. But again, I, when you just see what he was able to do, when his leg obviously wasn't up to running, which is something big, a part of his game, and he still has that performance, I, I think it just says so much. On the flip side of it, I think it also shows the importance of this staff has to figure out the quarterback position whether it's one of the three young guys uh, that are going to be back next year or bringing in a transfer, because we, we saw that Oklahoma could not stop this offense. We stopped ourselves a couple times. We had a couple bad execution uh, spots, had a call go against you. You had a turnover, that, but it was all K-State. K-State stopped K-State on offense. And you still ended up with a game where, you have 31 points, and honestly, you, you, it should have been at least 34 because you're getting at least three on that opening drive if you don't turn it over. But it shows what a good quarterback can do for this team. And again, that was Skyler Thompson, maybe 70%. You got to think that you can get one of the three young guys up to that sort of caliber for next year. And if you don't, you have to go out, you have to go out and get one. Because this offensive system can work. We, we've seen that the passing trees can work if you have a capable quarterback. The wide receivers didn't do anything that much differently than they did last week for Oklahoma State. You just had a quarterback who knew where to find the receivers and how to get the ball to them and how to stay composed in the pocket. So 
Ho- hoping one of the young guys or a transfer comes in. Otherwise, you know, I don't know. Next year's going to scare me. Um, I thought that this coaching staff, how do I put I, I, I'm really frustrated with Chris Kleiman and how he handled the fourth quarter because there was no urgency. And again, does it, does it ultimately matter? Maybe, maybe not. But again, if you're urgent and if you can get those scores a little bit quicker, it gives you a chance to maybe not have to do two straight possessions going onside kicks. And again, does that ultimately change the outcome of the game? Maybe. But again, his unwillingness to ever go up tempo really kind of stacked the deck against you a little bit more. I would have really liked, and not only in the fourth quarter, I really wish when you go down three possessions or even once you start getting those possessions back after the onside kick got uh, overturned, I would have liked to go tempo, try to get the momentum. We were moving the ball on them. Um, I, so I, I'm pretty frustrated with Chris Kleiman there. At the same time, I really enjoyed him being aggressive, going for it on fourth down when you cross the 50. I hope that is something that he didn't just decide to do versus Oklahoma and we see from him moving forward. Um, also, a lot of, you know, I, I, I was checking Twitter, um, the Courtney Messingham third quarter tweets. Yes, that, you went th- three and out that very first drive of the third quarter. I don't know if it was Skyler. I don't know if it was Deuce, but there's a miscommunication there. That was the right play call. Again, I, I've been I've been told that I'm a shill. I, I'm in the camp for Messingham a little bit more than I should be. That's fine. Maybe maybe this is like an overcorrection. But again, I thought he called a great game. And then that three and out again, he had the right play call, just didn't get executed. I mean, that was Deuce was wide open. If he hit, if he gets hit in stride, that's a touchdown. Again, I don't know if that's a Skyler overthrow or Deuce not getting deep enough on the route, but that was the right play call. Uh, so, yeah, we're going into this bye week. You get Iowa State at home, and you have to win that game because, again, we've had some pretty decent atmospheres at home this week. Or not this week, this year. You lose that game versus Iowa State. My, my guess is it, it's not going to be a great attended game as is. Coming off back-to-back losses, you have a bye week. I'm a little bit nervous for the atmosphere, the attendance for that game. But if you lose that one, it's done for the season. And then you're going to have to really finish strong to get some goodwill back just to then get back to the point where you have these crowds again next season. I love Chris Kleiman. I I, I like so much of what he is. And I'm not going to jump off the bandwagon, but there are a lot of people who are already bailing. There's a lot of detractors out there already. Um, And he... If for, for better or worse, you're on the verge of really setting yourself behind the eight ball, stacking the deck against you, whatever theory you want to do when it comes to getting fan buying. And again, that, that's not the most important thing for a coach, but it does make things a lot easier. It does make things a lot easier. So that Iowa State game is going to be massive. We have a lot of time to talk about that, but we'll get into it here in a couple weeks. Uh, we outgained Oklahoma for 420 yards to 392. Again, if you tell me we're going to do that, Feeling pretty good about the win. Uh, we had the ball 33 minutes at 27 minutes. One turnover apiece. Uh, K-State had only seven penalties, 50 yards. OU had 10 for 85. Basically, everything up until that point, you're like, oh, wow, K-State wins the game. And then even this, K-State went eight for 15 on third down and then turned around and went four or five on fourth down. Here's where the issues start 
you only got Oklahoma to seven third down, third downs. They went four of seven on those. That's a major issue. You you can't get to more than seven third downs. That's where the issue ended up coming up. First and second down was just atrocious for the defense, and we'll talk about that a little later. We'll get into the offensive side of the ball. Again, uh, does Skylar Thompson fix all the issues for this team on offense? No, but he sure does help. And we saw it. Again, he was not using his legs at all, and it completely changed the offense from what we saw last week. And I, and, and that's a versus a good Oklahoma defense. They have been very good on defense this year. I think Oklahoma State's ultimately going to be one of, if not the best defensive teams we play this year. But again, you can't help but really wish that you get Skylar Thompson versus Oklahoma State. Maybe that changes things. But, uh, you know, he went 29-41, 320 yards for three touchdowns. It's just, it's just amazing to see him back. The crowd pop when he came out there for that first play was just awesome. And you feel so good for the guy because you were so worried when he went down the last play he had in that stadium, and then for him to come back out there, it was just it was just great to see. Uh, and again, you could tell he was not allowed to run. There were a few times where, you know, the pocket just opened up, and you, you could tell he wanted to run, but he didn't. But I almost think that helped him because he was able to find those checkdowns to Brooks, to Deuce Vaughn, and they were able to make those plays, and he was able to stay healthy. Again, once he's cleared to run, and maybe he'll be versus the Iowa State Maybe he'll be versus Texas Tech, maybe TCU. Maybe he won't, but once he does, I do hope he kind of keeps it in the back of his mind and says, hey, look, I can dump it, off, dump it off to these guys who are dynamic playmakers and they can go get more. And, you know, I, again, I, I, I do wonder if it just comes from being more self-aware, more confident, more patient, because Will and Jaron did not ever do those dump-offs. They weren't ever finding the check down, they'd throw it away, they'd take the sack, they would get worried. So again, you got to hope that those guys, seeing Skylar Thompson back out there, they can take something away from that game because they're going to have to be called on. Again, Skylar Thompson isn't going to miraculously get another year of eligibility next year. So those guys need to take a page out of that playbook, what we saw from Skylar in that composure. And he stood in there and he took some hits. Uh, but he moved around and he made plays and he extended plays and just the awareness of the pocket was just something that you loved to see. Now he didn't have a perfect game by any means. Uh, he checked back into that fly route uh, to Brooks that was the interception in Arlington. That one could have been picked off. He tried to throw a dart into Malik in the red zone. That one could could have been picked off. He and, and then again that that third down play that we talked about that very first drive of the third quarter. And that one might have been Deuce not getting deep enough on there. I'm not sure who who that's on. But even with those mistakes, you just see how much better the offense is without with him out there. So it can't help but give you maybe not confidence, but still keep some excitement for the season upcoming. Because I gotta say, if you told me right now it was gonna be Will and Jaron rest of the way out, I'm still gonna watch. I'm still a fan. I'm still gonna do this podcast, but you wouldn't be nearly as excited for Saturdays. So K-State fans, I think we just need to really enjoy, you know, the next, what, seven games, seven, eight with a bowl game. 
with Skylar Thompson because, again, he's gone after this year. Is he one of the all-time greats? No, but I think he's pretty damn good. I think on Saturday he showed that. And you don't know what's going to happen after this season because we, we had a little bit of taste of it, and it isn't great. And that's not to say those guys can't improve or we might not go out and find a transfer quarterback, but I'm really going to try to soak in as, min- as much as I can from every Skylar Thompson snap because it will be over soon. Uh, let's get into, let's get into the, uh, into the running back or into the offensive line. Um, this probably was one of their better weeks pass pro. Um, they gave Skylar Thompson plenty of time. There's only one sack and they just threw an overwhelming blitz at him. Um, but, but the issue is, is the running plays just, they did not have enough. Oomph. This offensive line is not good enough to go hat on hat and just win every single guy. Ultimately, for this running game to be what we need it to be or want it to be, you have to have the threat of the quarterback running. You need to be able to freeze one of those defensive linemen or the linebackers who are creeping up. Because otherwise, the offensive line is just not elite in moving guys and quickly. Too many times on these stretch plays, they were getting chased down from behind because they just were not winning at the point of attack and moving forward. Now, that doesn't mean every single rush is going to be a loss, but you're going to be averaging three yards a carry, four yards a carry, which is like fine. If you're going to throw the ball like we're going to, okay, that's fine. But I don't know if we're going to be throwing the ball for 300 yards every single week, so you're going to need more dynamic plays from the running game. And again, if the offensive line can't step up and truly dominate one-on-ones, play in, play out, you need the quarterback run game or at least the threat of it to really freeze those guys up. So again, it was was fine. Uh, They were very good in pass pro, but ultimately you you give the offensive line probably like a C-plus type grade. Um. You know, Ben Adler, Duffy both got hurt. They both came back in. That's good to see. I tell you what, Hanley Panzer, when he came in for Ben Adler, he was the real deal. It was only a handful of plays, but, man, I I, I would think you need to start trying to find ways to get him more snaps out there. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, they got a full week. Um, and, again, the identity of this team is they want to run the ball. So, you got to hope that the offensive line – can work on their double teams, work on their communication, get to the point where they can uh, win some of these one-on-ones, especially if Skylar Thompson versus Iowa State is not going to get the green uh, green light to run. Uh, Titans fullbacks, my guy Jax. I don't know what's going on with Jax. He's either in the doghouse or he's hurt. Um, I think he was suited up. I am not 100% confident, but I think he suited up. Didn't see any snaps, I don't believe. Um, so interesting what's happening to my guy Jax. Try to do some digging and figure out. But you did see Christian Moore play, which is good to see the next uh, age of fullbacks, H-backs. Uh, ben Sennett was out there. He played fullback, H-back. Had that nice uh, nine-yard rush. I think it was on a third down. Um, pick up the first down. Um, had a nice little pass to him in the flats. It's a little short arm, but it hit him in both hands. You got to bring that in. But ultimately, fine game from the fullbacks. Tight end, Sammy Wheeler, Bebe, both got one cat catch a matter baby only played i think in that first drive so i don't know if he retweaked his hamstring or what happened there if he truly was just on a very short uh play count 
but you really hope, gotta hope he gets healthy because again, this was one of probably the most hyped transfer of them all. And again, not to say any of the transfers have been bad, but I don't. I think maybe only Timmy Horn has ever or has lived up to the hype that we gave these guys. Maybe Stubblefield, he's been good. Sincere Mason's been good, uh, but he didn't have a ton of the hype. But just haven't seen enough from him, matter baby. So you gotta hope he gets healthy over this bye week. He can really. Uh, blossom down the stretch. Sammy Wheeler, again, struggled in the blocking game, which is something he really needs to pick up from Nick Lenners. Sammy Wheeler just cannot set the edge. Uh, and honestly, he, he struggled to sustain blocks. Um, so you got to hope he can set that up. Lenners had a false start penalty, which you don't like to see, but I thought he was the best blocking of the tight ends. Uh, we'll get to the running backs. Deuce Vaughn, we, we saw back-to-back games really take off in the receiving game. He had 104 yards, 10 receptions, and a touchdown. This guy's a weapon. You have to get him into space. Whether it's passing game, whether it's running game, whether, you know, maybe even kick returns, although Malik took another one back. The guy is just a dynamic playmaker. Uh, only had, uh, how many rushing yards was it? 51 yards on 15 carries. That's not great. But it's kind of back to what I said on the offensive line. They are struggling to win their one-on-one blocks. So when you don't have to honor the quarterback in some of these reads, um, you're not going to have a big game rushing the ball. So uh, it kind of is what it is. But you saw what he did in the passing game. So you got to hope that regardless, you got to try to get him the ball. And again, over 150 yards, all-purpose yards, 155, that's a great day at the office. Very, very happy to see Deuce Vaughn. Um, it sucks that's in a losing effort, but again, uh, the guy's special. He is very special, and I hope he sees his entire career as a K-State Wildcat. Uh, Joe Irvin, seven carries, 33 yards, had a higher yards per carry, um, but but it's a very similar issue uh, to Deuce. Both of them are patient runners, but that can almost hurt you when you have got, you have defensive ends tracking you down from behind. Um I'll still take it because, again, when the offensive line does get a hole, uh, that patient stuff gives them an extra two, three yards on those plays. So you just kind of got to take the uh, chance that you might get tracked down from behind when you don't have the threat of a quarterback running game, and you'll just live with it. So ultimately, I really liked what those two guys did uh, in their opportunities. Now is where uh, we we got to address the elephant in the room. Jarcadia Jark- Wright um, – you know, here we are. Great first drive. We're going in for a touchdown. Guy fumbles it. And he just gets taken back. I think a lot of people are really taking their pound of flesh on him. I think there's some some folks who are doing the I told you so to some fans who are really clamoring for him to get more playing time. Grilling the coaches. A lot of, uh, you know, revisionist history. I'm not going to do that because, you know, I thought, hey, you know, I, I want to see Wright get more playing time. Um, I wasn't as loud about it as some folks, but I wanted to see it. But that is just a backbreaker. Uh, he didn't get back in for an offensive play rest of the game. He played special teams, but he didn't get back in there. And you got to wonder uh, what that does for the kid's confidence. And, again, I, I'm not going to try and minimize it because, ultimately, you're chasing that turnover rest of the game. You're chasing it rest of the game because without that, they get that first score – you don't stop them. They get that field goal before halftime, and then they turn around, score a touchdown in the second half, and before you even get the ball back, you're down 10. 
then of course we talked about the three and out, and then all of a sudden you're down 17. You were chasing that. And again, you look at the final score, all of a sudden, you know, that's a 10 point swing. That's a 10 point swing. I, I'm, I'm not putting it all on him. I'm, I'm not doing that. But it is a 10 point swing early in the game. You have plenty of time to make it up. But again, you're chasing it the entire way. You cannot have running backs. You cannot trust running backs who are going to make that play. Again, Deuce fumbled earlier in the season, a bad fumble. But he bounced back from it. Now, the the question is, will Wright get the opportunities to bounce back from it? Because, again, he's already a third running back on the team. He's already going multiple games without carries. I guess one game without a carry. He only got this one here. So you wonder if he's even going to get the opportunity to do, to bounce back. But it, it was a it, it was as big of a gut punch early in the game as possible. And on that credit to Skyler for running back there and getting the tackle, uh, that saved us four points. So again, you, you, just another thing about Skyler, just heart of a champion, and I I really enjoyed Skyler's game. Um, you got to hope that uh, Wright can bounce back. Wide receivers, again, I, I don't know if they magically started doing things better just because Skyler's out there. Um, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm sure someone smarter than me will be able to look at the game and say, no, they did do this different. But I didn't think they did anything that different. I think it's that's just the power of having a good quarterback or a decent quarterback or an okay quarterback, whatever level you want to say Skyler was at. Because he wasn't great. He was good. He was pretty good. And the and he was able to connect with the wide receivers. Um, Landry Weber, shout out to the guy. 65 yards on four receptions, got a touchdown. And again, he was catching everything except for, you know, that that uh, overturned call, which again, I still haven't seen a clip that would say, yes, that was the correct call. It was a 50-50 call, and those are the ones that you're supposed to stick with on the field. But Landry had a great game. Um, so happy to see that um, showing some of those flashes that it's like, okay, hey, finally we saw a guy perform up to the standard that the coaches tried to say he had in the spring. So that was good to see Philip Brooks, six receptions, 55 yards and a touchdown. Very solid. Just kind of the game that you expect out of Philip Brooks, as long as Skyler's the quarterback. Um, he, he did a great job identifying the angle he needed to score on that first fourth down uh, in the red zone for that touchdown. Great play by him. Great job at just making sure he made himself available for Skyler when he was extending the plays. Keenan Garber finally got that big play that we've been waiting for uh, seemingly, what, ever since he signed? I mean, it was a, it was a great play. Nice deep uh, post. Good throw, 55 yards. Hoping that's the first of many from that guy because he has the athletic ability so it's just get him, make sure he's not jammed at the line, get him out there, let him run those deep posts, and he makes a play. Malik Knowles, his best play was that 16-yard jet sweep. Uh, he did have five catches for 21 yards, but had another really tough drop. And then there was one time where he caught the ball and just kind of ran backwards. Um, there was another catch he got that was for a loss that Skyler probably should have just thrown it away, but I'm not going to put that on him. But I, I think we finally know what Malik Knowles is, and I think – as much as fans want to try to hold out hope that you hit your grand potential, I think we know what he is. He is a wildly athletic and exciting guy, as we saw in that kick return. 
but he's inconsistent. I, I don't think you can ever just say, all right, we he's he's going to be a great receiver game in, game out. He's going to catch the stuff that hits him in the hands. That's just not Malik Knowles. It's not, and it sucks because you see the raw athletic ability and the dynamic playmaking ability. Uh, so it just sucks that you can't get him to the point where his full potential is there game in, game out, play in, play out. But, you know, he is what he is. Um, Cade Warner also made a tough grab early on, only four yards, but hey, good grab for him. I mean, I, I think it's obvious he wasn't the worst transfer pickup. You know, that, that linebacker from Utah State's not even going to see the field, Eric Munoz, so that that's a rough one, but hey, it is what it is. Let's get into the defensive side of the ball. Um, here's the thing. The, the defense can be good. Just yesterday, Nevada goes to Boise State and wins. Stanford beats number three, Oregon. And the defense was lights out versus both those teams in the second half. Just great performances versus both those teams who are legitimately good teams. So that's what makes the last two weeks frustrating. I was talking to a couple people. They're like, oh, but, you know, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, their offenses are going to be good. Okay, maybe. But through five games this season – the outlier for both those offenses are playing K-State, and that is worrisome. That That's frustrating. you, you got to start looking at Klanderman a little bit and start asking him, okay, what's going on here? What What's going on in Big 12 play? Because, again, I stand by what I said. Stanford and Nevada are legitimately good teams, and the defensive performance versus those teams was great. Pitching the shutout versus uh, Southern Illinois in the second half was great, you know. You did a lot of good things in the non-con, and then you turn around in Big 12 play, and uh, just frustrating. It, it, it hurts to see. So you got to figure something out. You have the bye week. You got to get something going versus Iowa State, which, again, really took out their frustrations on KU putting up 59 points. So you know they're capable, Iowa State. And, again, we'll, we'll talk about them here in a week or two. We got bye week shows coming up, but got to figure something out. you got to figure something out fast. We'll talk about the defensive line. Another contributor out. We don't know how long. Boom Massey coming out with that injury. You don't like to see it. Too many injuries are happening. Again, I don't know how you solve that. And honestly, maybe it's just average. You know, I think probably you say this almost every year um, with, oh, too many injuries are happening. I think ultimately that's just football, which kind of – you know, this years you don't have the major injuries. That's why those are the anomalies. So I think this is just kind of par for the course, but you don't like seeing it, especially a super senior guy who came back leader in the locker room. So you don't like to see it. One thing I want to talk about, I, I think the three man front is probably the right call. Um, even with the struggles, I, I, I think that ultimately the three man front, that's what Kleiman wants to go with. I'm going to trust that, but he, the, the biggest, the biggest pain point of this, and I do worry about, you know, when you play some super mobile quarterbacks, is if you get good coverage downfield, which again it has been a task for this defense. Again, a secondary, it's really kind of fallen out of favor for me. When you only have those three, three guys, if if you have good protection, every single quarterback could walk and pick up eight yards, seemingly. Uh, just kind of getting past that nose tackle, driving the ends upfield, and then you could waltz up for six, eight, ten yards. And we we saw Rattler do that, so that that was a little frustrating uh, with the defensive line. Uh, but ultimately, I'm 
not going to throw them under the bus because I think they probably were the best of the three units, uh, or at least three levels of the game. Uh, Felix Andike had four tackles, one sack. The motor, his motor's great. You know, he was chasing guys downfield. Um, he's the type of guy you really want playing defensive line. Um, and it's he he rotates a lot. I get it, but man, when he's out there, he is he is dynamite. A really great game from him. Timmy Horn, his probably best game, only two tackles, but again, two big tackles. One was a sack, and he did a great little fisherman uh, line reel thing. Like seeing that, and then he also got a tackle for loss. Eli Huggins, two tackles. Spencer Trussell, two tackles, one TFL. Pickle, one tackle. Ultimately, I think they did an okay job getting some pressure on Rattler, got two sacks, um, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't consistent enough. I think especially in that second half, they just were not consistent in that pass rush, and it just allowed Spencer Rattler to throw darts the entire game. So, is what it is. Ryan Hennington, linebackers, uh, he led the crew with four tackles. Wayne Jones had four tackles, one tackle for a loss. Daniel Green with a quiet game for him. Three solo tackles, one tackle for a loss. Cody Fletcher, only one solo tackle. While I think the secondary are the worst defenders of this, the linebackers not immune to it. The tackling was just horrible. Back-to-back weeks where you have incredibly disappointing tackling efforts by this team. And, and it's been an issue. And I, and I'm not going to say this is a climbing issue. And this honestly is probably for 95% of college football, just a college football issue. Because you don't get to practice live nearly as much, these guys are not practicing tackling on actual people. They're tackling these the donut drills, the tackling dummies, all this type of stuff. But those guys are not, you know, 6'2", 240 running a 4540. I, I mean, if, if you can't practice that stuff, if you can't have full hitting drills, it's tough to replicate. Can't do it in the spring, can't really do it in the fall, can't do it in the summer. You have like what, maybe three or four true contact practices for an entire college football. So I I think ultimately that's just going to be something that they need to figure out some way to drill into these guys better tackling technique. Chopping your feet, don't don't you know, leave your feet too early. Don't go high. Don't be just trying to do it with your shoulders. You got to shoot through there and wrap up because they're not doing it. The linebackers weren't doing it. The secondary wasn't doing it. And that really cost us on a handful of plays. We'll get to the secondary and it's just a super disappointing game from the secondary. I think the only time they they had no pass breakups and of, you know, Spencer Rattler, he went 22 of 25 one of his incompletions was just a duck where he made the wrong call. The other was an arm punt, and the other was a drop. The secondary made one play on the ball. It was Julius Brintz's inter- interception, but again, that was an arm punt. It was on third down and long. They were going to punt it anyways. It's not great. It, it's really disappointing. As high as we were on the secondary, especially the boundary corners, <laughs> they, they have done nothing to stop. Spencer Sanders last week and Spencer Rattler. They are not making any plays on the ball. They're letting guys get way too wide open. It's just very disappointing from a group that we were so high on. Um, you know, and again, I think Spencer Rattler probably second best quarterback we're going to face all year. But they just they weren't able to make plays. The the, the handful of times they're in positions to make plays, they didn't. 
then too often it was just like able to just throw darts, just, you know, only a handful of contested passes the entire time. So very disappointing from the secondary. And again, during this bye week, I think they really need to have, you know, a come to Jesus meeting. You know, they need to figure out what's going on because again, they enjoyed all the love in the offseason. They enjoyed the love that they got through the two non or three non con games. But man, has they have come down to earth. Just full on Icarus flew too close to the sun because they have just been poor. Just poor the last two weeks. Um Russ Yeast got eight tackles, J Mac five tackles, TJ Smith three tackles. It was good to see TJ out there because again, um, maybe we can't start li- we can't listen to the coaches unless they tell us someone's out for the year because they were saying that, you know, TJ and a matter baby probably aren't gonna go. And we all talked, you know, until we were blue in the face about, you know, Skylar Thompson not being good to go. But, you know, all three of them played. So it was good to see TJ out there. Um, Reggie Stubblefield returned to the field. He was wearing a cast. He got two tackles. Sincere Mason got banged up a little bit, but he got two tackles. And he's a guy who knows how to tackle. He, maybe maybe he just needs to, you know, teach some of these guys because he he brought some hits. So I liked what Sincere Mason did. Uh, Echo got two tackles. Gardner, one tackle. Brent's one tackle. And, again, he had that interception. Not taking away. It was a good interception. But, again, you know, Rattler – just threw it deep because he, he he didn't have anywhere else to go. He made a good play on it, but again, pretty unconsequential on a third and long, and you intercept it inside your own ten. Pretty unconsequential. Uh, T. Denson one tackle. Again, uh, just you know, ultimately we had so much hope and praise for these guys, and they just have not lived up to any of it in the Big Twelve play. So hope hopefully bye week does them good. They bounce back and they get back in the good graces for that Iowa State game. Uh, we'll talk about special teams real quick. Kicking, uh, Winkle, you know, junior college guy. He's a junior. One field goal, thirty yards, four for four on extra points. Looked good. I, he's a kicker I can trust. Not too worried about him. Zentner, he perfectly executed that first onside kick, and it's just a shame that got his foot twice because man, it was perfect and the dude was hyped. I I like Ty Zentner a lot, so it, it's really disappointing he didn't get that. Um. None of the other onside kicks were close. You know, you had the two regular ones, and then there's the one where they called the timeout. Oklahoma called the timeout. And just with the onside kick rules now, it's really tough, really tough to execute one and get one when they know it's coming. So I'm not going to put a ton of it on him, but just a shame that that perfectly executed little uh, punch-out onside kick uh, which would have changed the momentum at that point. Um, it's just a shame he wasn't able to get credit for that. Uh, punting in Ty Zentner, he only had one punt. He bombed it 60 yards. It was great. Flip the field. You know, you go three and out, and then you put them inside their own 20. That was a massive punt. Sadly, the defense wasn't able to get a stop there. So it is what it is. Return game, Malik Knowles. Again, he has one return where it's like, what what is going on? You don't even get back to your own twenty, but then he takes it to the house again. I I think this kind of goes hand in hand with him as a wide receiver. Um, there are sometimes where it's just like, okay, just what are you doing? Like just disappointment on the return. But then he takes one to the house. I think what with the return game, you're gonna take it however you can get it. I, I I'm I'll sign up for a couple head scratchers, but also a touchdown every single game. Uh, so I'm 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 fine with it. it. It's fun that he took that back. Ultimately, 
you were still going to have to get an onside kick. But, hey, the betters who took K-State plus the points were happy with it. Looks good. And I think it really helped that game look closer, which it should have. I mean, for a large portion of the game, I think we were the better team. So uh, getting that touchdown, even if it's just for uh, folks who are looking at box scores, oh, hey, that was close. Like, you know, it, 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 it mattered. So I, I, it was good to see that. And then, again, setting himself, hopefully, maybe for all Big 12 returner. Again, it's always good to get your guys' accolades. So that was nice. So we'll get into grading the keys to V. Again, sponsored by Spotify Green Room. It's a live sports talk-only platform, free to download. You'll talk to me, Grant, other boneheads. There's all sorts of other podcasts that go on there. Um, there's also it's not just sports either. Like if you're into entertainment music, there's all sorts of fun rooms going on. Follow Spotify Green Room on Twitter because they always tweet out links to some of like the more popular shows. Um, so it, it's a good time. I, I love getting into Spotify Green Room. So I had four keys to be. And again, we're going live Wednesday, 7 p.m. Uh, and I'll, I'll just grade them. My first one was win the turnover battle, battle emphatically. That's an F. Um, you didn't win it. It was a draw. You did get the turnover. But if you look at what those two turnovers meant, doesn't matter. Like I said, it was an arm punt. They were going to be punting it anyways. It was a very unconsequential interception that we got. The fumble, on the other hand, you're chasing it the entire game. Um, it was a 10-point swing or at a minimum six point swing, maybe a 10 point swing in the game. It ended up being a possession. Uh, again, you're chasing it the entire game, just momentum. That one hurt a lot. So I'm giving it an F keep their offense struggling. Another F again, we didn't stop them. Didn't stop them once, uh, outside of the interception. They didn't punt once they scored on every drive, except for the one. Um, no, that another F. Um, go for the home run play for better or worse. Uh, this team needs those. We we had some big plays. I I don't know if any of them were home runs, but I'm going to give it a B. You know, the long, long pass to Keenan Garbery. I think you had a handful of passing plays over 30 yards. You had the kickoff return. I'm going to give that a B. And then four, regain the magic. Um, I'm going to give this a B minus. The magic was there. You just didn't take it. And again, you didn't get some of the breaks to go your way, which would have helped that magic stay. Um, but the magic was there. So I'm giving it a passing grade, but you just weren't able to hold on and harness it. You're going to need the magic back versus Iowa state. And then you're going to need that momentum to just multiply. when you go down to Texas tech, the next two games are so important. So the magic is ha- going to have to be found. Um, we'll wrap up with game balls. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to give the first one, Skylar Thompson. The guy is a good quarterback. There's no other way to put it. He's a legitimately good quarterback, and I was so happy to see him back. 320 yards, couple touchdowns, uh, saved four points by getting back there and making that tackle on the right fumble. So um, he's getting my first one. Second one is going to go to we'll go to Timmy Horn. Uh, big sack again. He he is one of the guys that you can depend on winning his battle. Every single time. So, Timmy Horn is getting my second game ball. And the Swagger Sticker. Swagger Sticker will go to uh, Deuce Vaughn. Um, had a big game. He's a good celebrator. He got all the pictures with Darren Sproles this week. So, I'll, I'll give him my Swagger Sticker. So, that's all we got. Um, guys, we will be bringing you a show on Wednesday. 
Um, and then again, another show on Monday that um, won't be about any games, but we're still going to be coming to you guys with three shows a week. We'll be getting Spotify Green Room on Wednesday. Um, and yeah, just keep riding with us. That was a that was a tough loss. There's no way to sugarcoat it. But uh, you know, from here on out, it, it nothing could surprise me. If you told us told me we're about to go eight and zero, I would believe you. Um, I think this team is capable of reeling off a lot of wins. So keep keep backing them. Uh, keep downloading the show. Um, we'll keep bring, bringing you shows. Um, love you guys. If Grant was here, he'd say, "Meet me at the Cathead." I just say, hey, you know, regroup during the bye week. Uh, have fun. You know, just relax this week. We're going to get back. And, hey, we're going to need the hatred. We're going to need the fire. We're going to need you to bring your A game on Twitter a week from now because before you know it's going to be Farmageddon week. So we'll talk to you soon and uh, enjoy your week. Podcast Network.